Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. James Cole, Matt Harmon here with you, and you're listening to Reception Perception, the show. We're recapping some of our best and uh, <laughs> some of our worst calls going into 2022. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, well, I'll tell you what, we wouldn't be mad at you if you liked and subscribed. So in terms of uh, a couple of a few uh, a few sleepers that I had uh, penciled in early that I thought were OK and um, and look promising. You know, I don't know. I don't know if Alec Pierce. Look, he had a couple of games where you're like, all right, I can see the talent, but uh, I'm really excited about what he can do next year. Um, I highlighted Romeo Dubs, uh, who I think had a pretty good season as well when he was available. And the big one for me, Raheem Mostert. I've just been such a Raheem yeah. Mostert believer for for so long, um, and ultimately he ended up being a really really good football player for Miami, and I thought at times helped carry this offense. Uh, when they were sputtering for yards and Mostert's been been really, really good. And by the way, those big chunk runs and those big chunk plays, that's like littered throughout his entire career. His only problem is he can't stay healthy. And guess what? <laughs> he got hurt again. <laughs> He's got a hurt hand going into the playoffs as well. So, no, um, but I, I felt really good about those calls. And uh, I thought at various points in this season. Uh, I thought those guys had come through for fantasy managers as well. So anyways, um, all right. Uh, you talked about Jacoby. We, we talked about a bunch of these wide receivers, but what about, uh, what about some misses here? Yeah. The second year wide receivers, uh, I could not have been more excited about um, like, I think, yeah, I was like, you got to leave your draft with two of these, at least two of these second year wide receivers, you know, and I obviously talked about Amon Ross St. Brown earlier, but um, Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore. I was really excited about those guys. And, you know, they just, they just never did anything. I mean, really from like a, because, and, and not really not their own, not, I don't think it was Bateman's fault. Bateman got hurt. You know, I mean, that was obviously, yeah. I think he, I think he was going to have a good season. He was having a good season until he started having those injury problems. And then eventually he gets wiped out for the year. But just from like a pure draft standpoint, was so excited about Bateman. That one didn't work out um, because of the injury and Elijah Moore, man. I mean, Good lord! Like he happened. eventually, yeah, he eventually got back. Well, we know what happened is he got pissed <laughs> off at the team, and then, um, you know, then obviously yeah. they're dealing with some of the stone worst quarterback play in the entire NFL. Whether even Joe Flacco, like he was worse than Zach Wilson in EPA per dropback this year. You know, he mm. he was even worse than Wilson, and Wilson was terrible. Um, so 
we know those were all all issues, but obviously Elijah Moore did. And this is stuff you can't project in the offseason. But regardless, like he did a lot to sink his own season as well, like with the, you know, throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of the year when the team is yeah. winning and all this stuff and, you know, whatever. So, you know, that one really went astray. And it's crazy, too, because the two guy and it's the one guy that I'm so annoyed, like this is and this is a me miss. This is not a reception perception miss, because you know what? If you had just said, look at their RP numbers. And you look at Devontae Smith's 73.7% success rate versus man coverage, 78% success rate versus press, and 83% success rate versus zone coverage. Oh, you're drafting that guy all day, right? Devontae Smith, <laughs> you're drafting that guy. And I, I buried Devontae Smith in every single ranking that I did because I was skeptical about the Eagles offense and because I was skeptical about how much they'd throw. What an idiot, bro. I mean, the guy was unbelievable <laughs> this year. So <laughs> He was awesome. I'm, he was awesome. He was like the second-year receiver to own or these the second year receiver to draft this year absolutely and my my own data is sitting here screaming at me that yeah he's the guy he's the guy he's the guy <laughs> pay attention to reception perception you dummy you chart this data out stupid and i didn't so draft funny. him in a single league this year and i feel like a moron because of it um by the way it's interesting that you brought up uh you know guys like uh, tyler lockett Christian Kirk and Brandon Ayuk. You know, in most leagues, Elijah Moore was actually being drafted ahead of all three of all those of dudes. Them. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I rank, I ranked him ahead of every single one of them too. Uh, oh no! So yeah, no, it's uh, that's interesting. Uh, just to kind of see how that uh, that season had played out. And again, you, you know, it's. I think I think one of the lessons that you got to take away from 2022 is just you got to follow your own data, like block out the noise because. That's what your data does is block out the noise. I know. And, no, yeah. and then, I, and then I, like you said, it's screaming to you, you know, like, listen to me here, pal. So maybe that's what we got to do here. Uh, Dude, I'm, follow- I'm serious. I, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree more with you. And like, I mean, a perfect example would have been Devonte Smith. A perfect example would have been like all these guys we're talking about here, because even if, um, you know, even, even if uh, just ranking based on opportunity and situations can be just so fraught and, you know, like, of course, you, you have to put these guys at like even Elijah Moore, like you trust the talent there for sure. But there yep. were a lot of questions, right? There were a lot of questions about that situation. Um, so but it was just like you got to you go with consensus at certain points when you're ranking in fantasy. It's like, well, yeah, I can't be too far off consensus with Elijah Moore because I like the player so much. But yeah, I mean, my God, true. yeah, it was a pretty rotten situation. And, and you know, that was easy <laughs> to see. Um, uh, the, the running backs that, that I thought uh, I did pretty well on this year, Saquon Barkley, I was with a lot of folks, I think. So this is nothing new, but, uh, but I thought Saquon Barkley was going to have a really nice bounce back season. Obviously he has, um, I was extremely high on Rashad white. And I think throughout the season, he's shown that he's got uh, tremendous talent, uh, and has an ability to, to really make an impact if Tampa Bay moves on. Uh, from Leonard Fournette. And then the one player, man, that I was just insanely high on, uh, and I look like an absolute freaking genius for about a month, was Brees Hall. Yeah. And then the poor guy got injured, man. But uh, I was crazy, crazy, crazy high on Brees Hall. I was out there literally saying, like, I will take this dude with a top 25 pick. Um, And I was just so crazy high on him. And godly, he just looked awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, so unfortunate that he got hurt. So I, I'll give myself an incomplete grade uh, on my Brees Hall take there because for a bit I looked pretty good, uh, and then the guy got injured. So that's unfortunate. But uh, all right, so how about for yourself here, man? Like uh, talk to me about DJ Moore. 
what do we get right and what do we get wrong there with DJ Moore? I put him I put the DJ Moore and Baker Mayfield fit as a miss this year because um, you know, I, I'm sitting here saying bet on the talent, just bet on talent at wide receiver. I guarantee there are people screaming into their earphones or whatever, be like, hello, DJ Moore. What a, you know, that season you bet on the talent with DJ Moore and it didn't work out. And I mean, I totally get it. DJ Moore finishes wide receiver 21 uh, on the yeah. season, 63 catches, seven touchdowns. Though, if I told you he was going to catch seven touchdowns, I bet you would have drafted him like as a top eight receiver, some crazy stuff like that. Cause that was the one question about him. But, um, you know, really, I think, Obviously, what it ha- the the start to this year couldn't have been worse for DJ Moore. Just in the first uh, the first five games of the season alone, and we know those were the Matt Rule games. Forty three yards, right. forty three yards and a touchdown. Two yards against the New Orleans Saints. Ugh. Two, one, two. Fifty yards on eleven targets against the Arizona Cardinals. Fifty nine yards on eight targets against the San Francisco 49ers. Comes out the next week against the Rams. Seven yards on seven targets. That's a yard per target. Uh, if you're coming at home. <laughs> But then, you know, things kind of started to turn around for DJ when uh, PJ Walker was in there. He was really good when Sam Darnold was in there. So I think, like, one thing I really want to focus on, I almost I want to come up with an idea to have, like, I don't know, team up with – I, I want to team up with, like, a quarterback. I have like this idea, James, I haven't told you about, but I want to team up with, like, somebody that does quarterback stuff and try to, like, discern Matching using up. RP data and, like, not even matchup, just, like, fit of players, you know, and, and like – Okay, I think that Baker Mayfield at this point has shown that there are certain throws that he's just that he's not good at, that he's not going to be able to make. And I think that DJ Moore did most of his best stuff as like an over the middle receiver. He's a great receiver mm-hmm. going over the middle. Baker doesn't throw over the middle because he can't see over the offensive line. He has no timing and anticipation. Um, right. And there, that was a bad fit. Those were some of DJ's worst games, but he ended up being a pretty productive player. And I think obviously the talent is still there. So I think. The, but I guarantee you, dude, there are a tons of things from me in the offseason saying, like, this is the best quarterback that DJ Moore has ever played with. Baker has shown to be an average starting quarterback at best. Um, wrong and wrong on both counts there. And most importantly, <laughs> like, even if um, right. even if Baker is like a – again, I think he is – I don't think he's a starting quarterback, but I think he's like a fine backup quarterback, even if he's not like absolutely – you know, dog shit or something like that. I think he is just not a good fit with like the fit with wide receiver and quarterbacks really matter. It was not a good fit with Moore and Baker um, because Moore's just been better with literally everybody else he's played with. So can I, can I give this though, the, from weeks 12 to week 17. Okay. There's a five game stretch there from weeks 12 to 17. He averaged 17.68 fantasy points per game. Now, obviously he had one game where he literally had just six yards. Uh, and I think it came on a rush. He had zero it, it catches. Was, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> um, which was just insane. So, so look, that week 14 was an absolute you know, dumpster fire. But I would say though, he gave you three 20 point games out of the last five from weeks 12 through 17. And again, he tanked in week 18, but who cares? No one plays in week 18. So no one cares, but 17.68 fantasy points per game uh, in that five game stretch. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Two things. Again, I'm, I'm taking the L on DJ Moore because I did bump him up the ranks based on, mostly the fact that I think the quarterback play was going to be improved. And the thesis of that bumping him up was wrong because the quarterback play, the guy that I was projecting was not good, was not, was not a good player in Carolina was not a good fit with DJ Moore. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, I do think like 
that's why he was the guy that I would tell people like, you can't drop DJ Moore. He's too good to drop. He's too, he's just too talented. And like, it'll get figured out. And, you know, Sam Darnold gets in there and he has this great stretch. Like week 12 was when Sam Darnold got into the mix, you know I mean? And, it, and I, again, there's something to that. Right. And I, I don't know what it is, but for all of Sam Darnold's flaws, like he has had a pretty good on-field dynamic with DJ Moore. Um, like there are some quarterbacks and Baker's just not one of these guys that when they get in there, they're going to feed the number one receiver because it's the best receiver on the team. And I'm just going to, I'm going to look for this guy eight to 10 times a game, period. Every single week I'm doing, I'm looking for this guy um, because he's the best, he's the best receiver on the team. Baker has never been that guy. Like Baker's almost better in LA when there's no premier threat to, to feed. Like I just, okay, I'm looking <laughs> for matchups um, and yeah. stuff like that. I, I don't know. They're just, course every quarterback is different and and i think this dynamic was one that i really got wrong uh but yeah no i think that dj Moore. I'm, i mean still taking the l on dj Moore season because he was quite literally the worst fantasy pick you could have made in the first six weeks of the season like he did he did nothing for you in the first six <laughs> did weeks, absolutely so. nothing um you know what you're right and uh everything that you just said there about baker uh think about think about the teeth na- the teeth gnashing that was happening in Cleveland when he couldn't get Odell the ball. Exactly. Right? So, that's why that's why it matters a lot because we've seen this before. Right, right, right. So, and you're right. In LA, he doesn't have a guy. Um, it's almost he he actually almost benefits. Actually, really, I don't want to say benefits, but you know what I'm saying. Like having no Cooper Cup, he doesn't have a guy that he's got to get the ball to. Um, and he's just sprinting it around, and I think he's just kind of sort of playing free, and he just doesn't care what the hell's happening here at this point, you know. But uh, I thought he had, he had a pretty, um, I don't know, at least interesting close to 2022, did Baker Mayfield. Anyway, so uh, any other calls, good or bad, that you wanted to get out there? I feel like we cover yeah, a lot go- of ground. We did. I'll go with one more. I think that okay. for right now, and it's one, it's one year, I think reception perception really nailed this rookie class um, because mm. when you look back at the dudes and, and again, like the overall quality of the class was something that was very apparent um, looking through reception perception data like these, it, it was clear that this was going to be a really good receiver class. We've absolutely gotten a really good receiver class, but um, you know, Chris Olave, number one in success rate versus man, number one in success rate. Uh, versus press it was obvious he was a superstar player coming to the NFL and like any of the narratives about him going back to school and not being you know not being an early declare or is he really a number one receiver well the dude went out and had a thousand yards without even breaking a sweat this year he was incredible in a bad environment Um, you look at Garrett Wilson was number one or number two in success rate versus zone. He was awesome against man and press. He was had an almost full green route tree, did Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's been a superstar receiver in the NFL. Um, Drake London, 73% success rate versus man, 86.7% success rate versus zone. Um, destroy the narratives that he can't get open. So, like, the top of the rookie – obviously, we didn't see Jamison Williams. And even, like, Jahan Dotson, RP, was really high on. 87% success rate versus zone. Awesome hands. He's been really good this year. Um, you know, Christian Watson being kind of an up and down Martavis Bryant type player. I think that was a pretty big win. Um, you know, Traylon Burks being a guy that was going to take a little bit of time. That's not fully there right. yet. I think that was a pretty big win for RP. Now, what we got to see that going forward is like the next tier of players. I think the top tier of the class RP, like pretty much a hundred percent success rate there, but 
what about guys like Sky Moore? What about guys um, like Alec <clears throat> Pierce, like you said? Even George Pickens. I think Pickens is going to be the most polarizing player almost in, like I mentioned the Gabe Davis thing earlier, he could be like the Gabe Davis of this next year, like the most polarizing player to debate uh, on, on fantasy Twitter and all that. Like all these, you know, dorks who don't go outside. will be spending plenty of time tweeting back and forth about Gabe Davis <laughs> or actually George Pickens all off season. Um, you know, what's funny so though, yeah, Matt, you know, what's funny. Yeah. I, I actually think there's going to be a pretty nice consensus on Pickens. And I think the consensus, at least in my opinion, is that he will be, uh, um, overvalued. I don't think, I don't think you're going to get a lot of folks like yourself or myself to sit there and say, Oh, he's being overvalued. I, I actually think we might be on an Island a little bit, uh, when the off season comes around. Cause I think the consensus will be uh, very favorable towards Pickens going to 2023. There have definitely been, and I've just seen it in my mentions the last few weeks. And, you know, people ask me even like, Hey, does, so the rookie report, you know, pretty positive for George Pickens. But if you look at like some stats, you know, uh, yards per route run and targets per route run. Like he doesn't really pop up as much. Like, is that the situation is that, but, and like I dove into it and, the more data I get on Pickens, you know, from the back half of the year, not when the rookie reported, the worse his his RP profile is starting to look. Uh, so, and I think he's def. I agree with you that he will absolutely be. And we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I think he's kind of almost like a little bit overrated on highlight bias alone right now. And I definitely think that yep. could see him up the ranks. But I think there are enough people out there. Um, asking you know legitimate questions about some of the other ancillary metrics with him that there will be maybe i think the consensus will be all in on george pickens um especially with the highlight bias especially if they make a change at offense coordinator so we might be a little bit on an island there but there will be at least i don't give or take uh maybe 10 or 15 other people on the island we'll, we'll at least have to put in <laughs> we'll at least have to put in one port okay on the island okay. to, to welcome right. other folks all in. right we'll one, one port. <laughs> maybe one or maybe all one right. or two breakfast spots you know Maybe a small motel will have to open on the island. Uh, okay. There'll be some folks there. By the way, shout out to Mike Tomlin, who at one point was two and six this season, and and his whole you know career streak of never being below five hundred. It looked like it was done. It was over. At one point, he was uh, two and or three and seven. <laughs> it was three and seven after ten games played. What guy ended up finishing above five hundred again? That is. I mean, come on. It's, this is so impressive. So, yeah, shout out to him because especially given this season, you know, you got quarterback issues all over the place. You know, you got injuries here and there. You're playing in a tough division. Good for Mike Tomlin to still finish above 500, man. That's pretty impressive. Hell yeah, super impressive. And, and now we just got to get the Steelers from not losing to actually being in contention, which I do think <laughs> is is press like a, an offensive coordinator change is going to need to happen. Last thing yeah. on Pickens, yeah, I think that you know um, I've seen Mina Kimes tweet this several times about George Pickens. It's like, can we get him to make a? Can we get like a non like a, a normal George Pickens catch, like just a normal catch or whatever for him? It's like, well. <laughs> It would help if he got open more often. I'm just, I'm saying that, you know, so like he, could he be, uh, and I also, to come, we don't need to do the whole George Pickens. We'll, we'll, we'll re we'll unpack this later on when his RP profile That's gets smart. up on the site. But That's I do smart. think that, I do think that like, there's a little bit of like myth making with George Pickens too, where he's been talked about as this guy, like when he, from a freshman, like, Oh, he's the next AJ green. And then like, he gets hurt a bunch, you know, and he takes like that, that doesn't have, it doesn't fully come into, into view there in college football. So like 
you start to sort of fill in that information, even if it never really happened that, oh, this is the next age you're and then he made a couple cool catches like, okay, there we're, we're there, but like he could still just be a Devonte Parker, Gabe Davis type. I think that's within the range of outcomes, but that's not an official take yet. We're just sort of starting to formulate these things. As we come into 2023. <laughs> there you go. I would, you literally stole the words out of my mouth. I'm like, is this guy like a much better version of Devonte Parker? Um, is that what we're seeing here with Pickens? But you know what? You're going to do the charting and you're going to find all the data and you're going to give us a very clear picture. I am sure on what George Pickens uh, looked like in 2022 and what he could potentially look like in 2023 as well. The one thing I would always say to the listeners out there is that Growth is never guaranteed, right? So yep. you just don't know what kind of work ethic some of these guys have. Uh, but I think what I think what reception perception does really well is tell you it tells you where they're at right now. Uh, and if that if that baseline is low, that means they've got a long way to go. If that baseline is high, well, you know, that's that's a pretty good starting point. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So uh, let's see what the work ethic is like for some of these players as well. But anyways, speaking of work ethic, oh, my goodness. I think I think Matt and I have deserved a little bit of time uh, for ourselves here. And we're going to be taking a little bit of, a, 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 you know, a little bit of a step back from the podcasting here. Uh, but the Reception Perception, the show will now be weekly. It's going to be once a week. And um, we're still kind of formulating when and, you know, the time and the days and all those kind of things. But it'll be once weekly, but we'll stay with you. And by the way, we're still available, obviously, through the Discord uh, and on social media as well. But if you guys would do us a huge favor, like and subscribe, maybe rate the, the podcast as well. That would be fun. Anyways, uh, neither here nor there. I hope everyone enjoys the football that they see this weekend, playoff football right around the corner. But for Matt Harmon, I'm James Cohn. We'll see you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.